All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Oilers Nation Radio, episode 96. Episode 96. I am your Friendly neighborhood bag milk here to host after a week off. I'm upset. I missed the Gene interview because of some construction at my house, along with Telus, along with road work. But I'll complain about that in the hot and cold performers later. I want to welcome Tyler Uremchuk, Nation Dan, and Rick here, who is looking great with that playoff quad. Yeah, right we got now. a lot going on here, buddy. Uh, as, as always, I want to thank Sherwood Ford the Giant for help making this possible. Go check them out on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. As you can hear, the vehicle in the background at Dan's house is excited about nope, a Sherwood Ford plug. That was mine then. That's mine then. Somebody's very excited about a Sherwood Ford plug, and I can appreciate that. Gentlemen, uh, I want to start off today's podcast by looking at the man who was just named a Hart Trophy finalist yesterday, Leon Dreisidel, looking to continue his impressive season. He's already got the Ted Lindsay nom. He got the heart yesterday. He's got an Art Ross in his pocket. I'm curious what you guys thought about the nominations. Actually, the the same nominees as the Ted Lindsay for the heart yesterday. Rick, I'll start with you. I find it hard to uh, disagree with the guys on the ice choosing who's the uh, best player on the ice is. So anytime the writers, you know, kind of veer off one of those answers, it kind of makes me wonder. You, you really can't question those guys. They're the ones out there all the time, right? So uh, it's pretty much the guys I expected to see. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's close enough that you don't have to put Connor in it. Uh, I think that NHL will want to have Connor in it on those off years when he's doing what he does. But on years like this, you don't have to put him in there. They've kind of done the same thing with uh, 
with LeBron a couple of years ago too, I think. So it's pretty much the same uh, same players I expected to see, and uh, there's no complaints for me. Mr. Ramchuk? Fully expected. Like, I maybe Pasternak, but I, you can't argue at all with Panarin, McKinnon, and Dreisaitl. Um, if I had a vote, I'm not sure it would. I would go to Dreisaitl. I think there's a really, really good case to be made for Nathan McKinnon in this award. Um, but great to see Dreisaitl get more recognition. It was expected. I think if he doesn't come first, he's going to come second. And uh, yeah, it was expected. And we'll, we'll see if he ends up getting it. I think he's a lock to get the Lindsay, though. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Tyler there. I, I think we should prepare ourselves for probably not winning the Hart Trophy for Leon. It's probably going to go to McKinnon. Uh, but again, it's and it's been kind of interesting to watch this shift happen in the last few years because I remember years ago when the Ted Lindsay reward was looked at like the second place prize to the Hart Trophy winner and and now it's kind of shifted and it's even the eastern you know folks saying that that the Ted Lindsay award is more important perhaps more important than the Hart Trophy so so yeah I, I think the the inclusion of Panarin is a little funny to me just because you know we talked about the the moving goalposts that that continue to to alternate and move around as we uh as we go forward, because correct me if I'm wrong, this voting happened prior to knowing that the Rangers were going to be in the playoffs. Uh, it would have that, been after knowing they were going to okay. be a qualifying team, but in yeah. the qualifying playoffs. Yeah. So, so, so the moving goalposts still happening and that's frustrating to see. I still like, again, I'm, I'm with Tyler on thinking that probably Nate McKinnon gets the nod. Drysett will be close and Drysett wins the Ted Lindsay uh, hands down. Well, that's what's going to be interesting to see for me. I, uh, Personally, I believe that the Ted Lindsay is the award that you would want to win. I would rather have an award nominated by my peers, voted on by my peers, rather than one from somebody who just watches. I mean, the the players that vote on the Ted Lindsay, obviously, they're out there every single day. They know what it takes to compete in the NHL, and they know what it takes to have a season just like Drysaddle had. So I always tend to lean towards that one. Um, and it's going to be really interesting for me, at least, to see if there is, of course, obviously, we don't know uh, yet anyway, if there's going to be a difference between how the players vote and how the media votes. Um, that kind of brings me to a quote uh, from a tweet. Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic yesterday uh, tweeted out something hilarious that I want to bring up to you guys. Uh, our captain, Connor McDavid, took a little bit of a shot at the media. Um, which is pretty hilarious because normally Connor doesn't do anything like that. He says, uh, from Nugent Bowman's tweet, he's, he says he doesn't have a lot of faith in the media's voting for the Hart Trophy, but he thinks the players will get it right and name Dreisaitl the Ted Lindsay winner. So I just want to go around the horn quickly. What do you think about McDavid taking a little shot there? Do you like that kind of thing? Do you, were you surprised? I was personally surprised because normally Connor just doesn't say anything like that. Uh, he's generally pretty calculated with his answers, so I loved it. I thought it was funny. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I thought it was funny. Like, I don't know. If people want to make a big deal out of it, they can. But we like to go, oh, hockey players just say the cliches. They never give anything more than cliches. Oh, McDavid gave you a little bit of an honest answer there. I think it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Um, I think he was just kind of having some fun, and that's okay. I thought it was funny. I got to chuckle out of it. I think that was the point. Rick, what do you think? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. It shows a little bit of personality. And, yeah, I think he's more having fun with it than anything else. But uh, as he's gotten older, he has a... Uh, tendency to show off a little bit more of his personality and with you know with the, the goal against the Leafs and the finger wag and and whatnot you, you're starting to see a little bit more of who he actually is Dan last words embrace the heel heel corner is a is a good heel yeah and and 
it's not something that it's not a quote <laughs> that they overheard in the locker room. It's not him talking to Leon or one guy. He said that to all the media right to their faces, and I love it. I love it, too. I think it's funny. Uh, Connor's the best player in the league, hands down. No question. Most electrifying athlete in the NHL. And just to hear him, like Tyler said, uh, show a little bit of personality, give an answer that wasn't just a pre-planned thing. I love it. I wish the NHL had more of that, where guys actually gave their honest opinion rather than just, well, you know, get pucks deep and all that kind of shit. So um, I personally loved it. I personally loved it. Um, Quickly, though. So he's already got the Art Ross. So I'm going to count that as one award for Leon. How many do you think he ends up with? I'm going to go with two. I don't think he wins the heart. I think uh, McKinnon's probably going to win it. Um, I'm going to go with Ted Lindsay and the Art Ross. Anybody think he sweeps all three? Yep. I think he. I, I think he has three trophies, but I think one of them is the Stanley Cup. Oh, nice. Good for you. That's, that's the fourth <laughs> one. That's but Rick, you honestly one. think he? You honestly think he sweeps, eh? Yeah, man. I just think that he had that. I think he just had that much better of a season than other guys. That uh, anything that he would have used to um, to close the gap, he's just, he just has enough of a lead. He's got the points. He's you know he's got that that one bad month and everything outside of it has been that much better. And you know it's and he got away from 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 Connor. So the one thing that was really holding him down, you know, as a ridiculous argument was that he's playing with Connor. I think he got the fact he got away from him and did what he did with that with the line of, of Nuge and Yam that uh, I think he's just I think he's done enough that uh, he'll, he'll get it he'll get both of them this year. Uh, Tyler before I move on to you I just want to go I, the reason I think McKinnon's going to win it is if you look at his season he had 93 points the next closest player was a defenseman on the avalanche which was uh, Kel McCarr at 50 yeah. and then Andre Burakowski was at 45 points so to me I just think more than doubling up the next forward in terms of production, I think that's going to win it for him. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, words out of my mouth, big milk. Nathan McKinnon was so clearly the best player on that team, and Landeskog was hurt a lot. Rantanen was hurt for a stretch as well. Like, he dragged that carcass of a team to not just being decent or on the playoff bubble. They were one of the best teams in the conference still. I think McKinnon deserves a lot more credit than maybe... He's getting from some people uh, up in Edmonton here. So if Drysaddle loses the Hart Trophy race, it's not going to be a knock on Drysaddle. He had an incredible season, and I think the vote's probably going to be really, really close. But I'll say he gets two awards. He has the Art Ross. He'll get the Lindsay. Maybe the Stanley Cup makes it a third. But I'm not going to be upset, and I'm not necessarily expecting him to win the Hart. If Artemi Panarin fishes ahead of Leon Drysaddle, we riot, though. Yeah, and that one's different, too, because one, like, how many years did we hear, you know, can't win it if you're not in the playoffs, and now he's getting a second. Like, they very well could have been a playoff team, which is interesting. Um, And the other thing is, he didn't exactly do it all on his own, either. Like, Mika Zabinijad was, what, top 15 in league scoring, even though he missed some time with an injury as well? Like, just like Drysaddle and McDavid were on separate lines for part of the season together for a bit, that's the same thing as... Zabinijad, who 12th in league scoring, my bad, uh, and Panarin, right? Like, he had a guy who was helping him out a lot. And I'm not saying Zabinijad's on the same level as McDavid or anything like that, but if you're going to knock Dreisaitl for playing with another guy who had a great year in McDavid, you also have to knock Panarin for that same thing. And it's McDavid on one knee. Yeah, that's, the other, that's kind of the other caveat on things, right? Well, a little bit later in the podcast, we're going to welcome Reed Wilkins to the show, and we're going to ask him about training camp, and I want to ask him about Riley Shane's quote about Connor seemingly having a step up. So I'm really interested to see, like, Reed's been down at the rink 
watching. So I'm curious to see how that goes. But before we bring him in, uh, I want to ask you guys about the drive-in beer garden, uh, drive-in, comma, beer garden, uh, drive-in, don't drink beer <laughs> garden. Uh, I just want to ask you guys what you think about this. So this was making the rounds this morning. CBC posted an article about a plan the OEG has to have kind of a beer garden plus a drive-in area to watch where you're able, as an area to watch the game from your car. Brownlee wrote about it uh, at OilersNation.com, just saying this is a recipe for disaster. You got to assume there's going to be some folks trying to wander their way to the beer garden from their car and then going back in to drive. So I'm just curious what you guys think. I was surprised that they thought this was going to be something that would fly. I I mean, I I completely understand there's going to be regulations. There's going to be people supervising. I mean, in theory, at least hopefully. Um, I'm just curious what you guys think. Dan, I'm going to start with you on this one. I love that this is the that this is the angle that they took. Uh, there's the headline is horrendous. Calling it a yeah. drive-in and a beer garden is just a nightmare for them to start off. Uh, and I know Rick's going to go on that a little bit more than I do, but but just just such a it's just kind of a tone deaf uh, announcement that we come to expect. And you know it's it's not really that big of a surprise. But I encourage everybody to instead of going to that beer garden, come follow us on Twitch at Official Oilers Nation. Uh, I followed yesterday, Dan. I'm excited. Uh, um, before I get to Rick, I'm going to give him the last word on this. Tyler, what do you think about the drive-in beer garden? Uh, yeah, I kind of, uh, I threw out a you know a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek, but also not because the headline is deceiving. The headline is hockey drive-in and beer garden planned for downtown Edmonton, <laughs> which makes you go like, holy shit, whose idea is this? And I retweeted a, a little meme after that said the EPS check stops will just be waiting a block down the road for everyone. But like, Okay, first off, the Edmonton Journal probably should have sent out a, or CBC Edmonton should have had a bit of a better headline with that. Um, <laughs> also, the idea of even just a beer garden with what, a thousand people, 500 people? Like, you can't do that. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. Go to the pint, be socially distanced at the pint if you want to go watch the game somewhere. Do not get crowded up together in a beer garden with a large screen that seems like, like, take the drive in part out of it. That still seems like a recipe for disaster in a pandemic world. Well, if there's one thing that I know drunk people love doing, it's following the rules and maintaining social distance. Um, Yeah, you're right. It's funny how the drive-in, the beer garden, those two things combined, people are like, what? And that was completely ignoring the fact that we are still in the middle of a pandemic. Rick, final thoughts on a drive-in beer garden pandemic playground. Without seeing exactly what's happening here, I'm going to assume they know what they're doing. I'm going to say everyone's losing their mind for a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> it's going to be a viewing area where you can watch it from your vehicle. I think they're doing it with, with movies at Southgate right now. Um, so it'll be that type of thing out here. And then also coupled with that, for people that don't want to drive and watch there, I'm assuming, again, the beer garden is going to be like an outdoor restaurant, bar. There'll be tables. It'll all be it'll all be seated service. It'll all be the exact same rules that I have to follow. That every other bar has to follow. There's no way, and I really hope I'm right here. There's no way they're actually just shoving people in there and doing like a the Raptors watch party, the Leafs watch party. Like they just won't be that. They can't do that. No, it's not it. They're, you haven't seen what they're actually is out, out there yet. I there's no way they're doing that. There's just need, no way. We need a sad picture of Rick with this look. Well, it's just there is man, like people come out of that. Just a yeah, there's just people. it's just that just won't be a thing. 
There's just no way that they're actually going to do that. Um, nobody would okay it. They wouldn't even ask for it right now. I guarantee you it's just going to be an outdoor fucking patio where you can watch the games from, from seats. You're going to be served. They're going to actually hire local um, staff in order to run this. So, yes, go to it. Go watch there. Go to the bars because they can't fill up as many people as I'd like to get into my bar. Trust me. So I don't need all those people now. So let's spread everybody out and spread the wealth and help this industry survive at least a little bit here. But there's no fucking way <laughs> it's just going to be like a Raptors thing. So when people are losing their mind like this, like calm down, everybody. Mm. It's just two wrong words that close to each other. That's why that looks bad. And then uh, Deer Gardens sounds a lot worse than it, than it, what it, they're going to have there. As someone who deals with the TSN 1260 text line a lot, let me tell you, if they threw a Raptors-like party and said and branded it as like the no social distance Oilers party, they oh, would get, o- they would get over a thousand people there. Yeah, of course they would, but they just yeah, they, they just wouldn't. That. They uh, they're not stupid enough. I mean, you don't even make fucking money at that thing. You get in the middle of it, you can't you can't go anywhere. So yeah, no, so it's it's not happening. Everyone needs to calm down. It's gonna be okay. Obviously, there's gonna there's details that still need to come out about how this is gonna work, like Rick said. But just I, again, the headline was hilarious. Yeah. the The idea is funny, and we'll just have to wait and see how it goes. Um, because Rick is right, there's no way that any local health officials would allow this to happen in a way that we're all people kind of wouldn't even about. the business people wouldn't even do it. You get shut down so fucking fast, it'd be crazy. Dan, this is a, seems like a good opportunity for you to give a plug here, my friend. One more. Twitch.tv slash official Oilers Nation, the <laughs> digital watch party where you can tune in from the middle of nowhere with nobody around you, and you can talk to hundreds of Oilers fans. We'll have a scoreboard up on the screen. We're going to have prizing and chat and all that good stuff, and, and, and it's going to get better as we go along. So just definitely tune in to twitch.tv slash official Oilers Nation. No COVID can spread through Twitch. That's a scientific fact. It's true. Uh-huh. It's true. <laughs> no, it's um, not. <laughs> should, we, should we step aside for Wilkie? Absolutely. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. Thank you again to Sherwood Ford, the giant out in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Follow them on Twitter, at Sherwood Ford on Instagram, at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Thank you very much, handsome Tom Gazzolo. I am very thrilled to welcome our guest today. You know him from Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Weekdays from 6 to 8 o'clock. He is a friend to everyone. I rate everything that happens with three reads out of something. It is Reed Wilkins on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio, my friends. Well, little known fact, that's actually Tom Gazzola's full name, Handsome Tom Gazzola. So it's good that he turned out to be so handsome because his parents named him that. Tom's his middle name, his first legal name is indeed Handsome Tom Gazzola. So I appreciate that. I, I, I have an, I, I feel, I don't know what the word is. Uh, I, the, the, the Reed Hedge things is like a, an odd tribute. Like I am kind of touched by it. They usually find a way to, to use those read heads. Bit of an older photo now, old pair of glasses and uh, the beard which comes and goes. And I was the hat is obviously photoshopped on because I would <laughs> not wear I would not wear my hat that way. But I do appreciate how you know it's often three out of three, but there have been occasions you've been unhappy and it, you know it's three out of one hundred and sixty or whatever. So good for you for finding unique ways to use it. Well, you know what? We got to get creative, and rather than make a new Photoshop every time, I'd rather just use the one that I did several years ago. So I think that it's aged well. 
I think it's a accurate ranking system, and I'm glad that you are the the face of how we rank things around to others' nations. Yeah, it's quite quite a thing to have happened in my life that I've become a, a ranking system. You know, well, I imagine stars or or whatever. It's my head. you and Rotten Tomatoes. That's right. I imagine when you were getting your start, this was always your dream, was that you would be the ranking system for a shitty blog several years down well, the road. Well, first of all, it's not shitty. Don't say that. <laughs> no, no, that it's not. Definitely, when I, when I started in broadcasting, it was 2000, and like you could use the internet at my workplace in Lloydminster, but it took so long to dial on, it wasn't really worth looking something up. Because it was, you know, you actually had to dial in, and then when you loaded a page, it was the sort of gradual reveal oh, yeah. of no, the no. page. So it wasn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't have even known if you would have said, "Hey, there's a blog." Would have been like, <laughs> "What is that? Like a horror movie that's coming out? Some <laughs> sort of food?" That's would have been my reply. It. I mean, it is on some days. Um, read the Oilers. They have a game next week on Tuesday. We have got a exhibition game against the Calgary Flames. And I'm just kind of curious. I'm personally excited. Obviously, we're all fans of the team. We're all fans of hockey. But as a broadcaster, I'm kind of I'm kind of interested in your take on it. Um, what are you expecting from that game on Tuesday? Are you expecting both teams to kind of go at it? Are you expecting them to kind of dip their toe in the water and ease through 60 minutes? What do you think from the Battle of Alberta that's going on on Tuesday night, the 28th? I, I think the hockey will be probably a bit sloppy especially early in the game, because it's been so long. I, I mean, it, it can be so unpredictable with those two teams because there are scores to settle. I mean, I don't think the Cassian Kachuk thing is ever going to go away just because they fought, right? And then everything else happened in that game in February. I, I, I think the teams will stand up to each other, but I, I doubt that there would be anything really wild because I don't think anybody wants to... Uh, hurt or get suspended just coming back and going into the qualifying round so I, I, I it wouldn't be surprising if it's probably if it's probably sloppy maybe there's not a lot of hitting especially early in the game but I'm, I'm really curious to see how how the teams come back because it's been such an unusual way to have a break you know some players a lot of players have said look I stayed in shape but I had to build a home gym or I couldn't skate till, you know, just before we, we came back. So it's, it's, it's really weird. I mean, everything's come, everybody's coming back healthy and rested and over any injuries or bruises they had from, from the regular season. But I, I, I just think, you know, the timing's probably going to be off and yeah, they've been scrimmaging, but still even watching the other scrimmage, because there's pretty good tempo to a lot of the scrimmage, but there are times where, it's been like, oh, in a game, like that's a body check, like or that's like a big crash along the boards. But you're not, you're not going to be overly aggressive with your teammates. Do you think that the uh, that the lineup against Calgary was what the players would prefer, or do you think that they would have just rather had a team that maybe they don't have so much of a, a score to settle kind of thing uh, looming behind the the matchup? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I... I don't think anybody's been asked about specifically playing Calgary. I, I think they're just focused on, on getting themselves ready rather than specifically worried at this point. Now, maybe a, the day or two before the game, they might be thinking more specifically about the Flames. But even 
even Dave Tippett has said a lot of the focus of practice right now has just been us, not, okay, who are the Chicago Blackhawks? I mean, I'm sure they're working on things like that, but it hasn't been, he hasn't been really overt about talking about it. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I think that, I mean, probably better to, from a fan standpoint, better to play Calgary because more fans are going to watch, even though it's like just an exhibition game. And I and I think if it if it cranks up a a little bit, that can only help going into the going into the qualifying round. When when we get to that qualifying round, Reed, what do you think the energy is going to be like on the ice, like with no crowd to sort of get you hyped up? Like, do you think it's going to take a period, a game, for the players to sort of you know get themselves into the mindset that like, oh shit, this is playoff hockey? I I think it'll take a little bit because it, it's going to feel, and I know. The NHL is, is doing things, and I'm really curious to see how it's going to look. I think I read today that they're going to have the cannon sound for Columbus when they're the yeah. home team. So there's going to be little things, <laughs> but there's no doubt that first warm-up. And again, I guess that's good as having their exhibition game, but the first warm-up with no fans by the tunnel and nobody gathered behind the net and no you know kids to throw the puck to. And then even if it's, even if it's pumped in noise when you score, if you're the home team, it's, it's still not going to sound. It's still not going to sound the same. <laughs> I think it'll be pretty quick, but probably those first couple goals, it'll be like, wait, what? Oh yeah, there's nobody here. Everybody's ducking because they don't know where the sound is coming yeah, from. Yeah, exactly. But I, I also think this, and Darnell Nurse said it a, a couple months ago when the. Uh, when they first announced that this is the format they're going to do, he's like, well, you got to, you got to chance to win the Stanley Cup it's still the the playoffs so that whichever team handles it and doesn't get too bothered by it being a different environment those are the teams that are probably going to go deeper well Darnell Nurse talked about you have the chance to win the Stanley Cup but then there are some segments of fans read and I'm curious your opinion what do you think about the idea of an asterisk on this particular playoff season because for a team like the Oilers they actually have to win more games to win the Stanley Cup this year as opposed to a normal year. What do you think about that kind of idea that somehow this this year's playoffs will be diminished based on circumstance? I don't, I don't agree with it at all. I don't think there's any diminishment. I mean, yeah, things are different, but I mean, there used to be six teams in the league and you only had to win eight playoff games to win the Stanley Cup. We don't discredit the Canadians winning five Stanley Cups in a row. I do. You're a really good team. <laughs> okay, well, you do. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, you know, the the best around, even since they've gone to 21 teams and, and more, the, the first round used to be best of five. You know, you used to have to win 15 games instead of 16. I think it's always going to be remembered as a different year, especially by, you know, everybody 10 years or older that's really going to have a, a strong memory of everything that happened. But it, the circumstances are the same for every team. The benefits for Toronto and Edmonton of playing in their home ranks are, are going to be quite limited, I think, because they're still going to have to stay in the hotel. Sure, they might know the odd bounce or two off the boards, but other teams are going to pick up on those pretty quickly. So I don't, I don't, to me, the champion will not be diminished at all. Everybody's going into the same circumstances. It's not like, oh yeah, like eight teams have been playing the entire time and then we're going to throw in all these other teams that didn't think they were going to have a season. I mean, it's it's a completely level playing field. As you referenced, if it's one of the qualifying round teams that wins, that's a 19-game Stanley Cup as opposed to 16, so I don't think you can diminish that. It's, it's just strange circumstances, but to me, the Stanley Cup is the Stanley Cup. It's a grueling, 
arduous tournament, and whoever survives is is truly the champion. Looking at the playoffs, you talked about training camp a little bit and how you know some guys would throw a hit here or maybe there would make a save there. Looking at the Oilers as they go up against Chicago, what's kind of the biggest question in your mind regarding either the roster or how it's played or how this is going to play out? Like As an example, to me, I think the biggest question is going to be goaltending. And it's simply going to be because we've had 132 days since Miko Koskinen or Mike Smith stopped pucks competitively. Do you know what I mean? I think goaltending is going to be a big one. What do you think is going to be a biggest question mark for the Oilers going in against Chicago? Well, I agree on goaltending. I, I think the penalty kill still has to be a question mark, even though it was excellent throughout the regular season. You know, you still have to get back into that groove, and goaltending figures into that as well. And I still think, even though the Oilers are a deeper team than they've been in the last couple of years, are, are they truly deep enough to go all the way to the Stanley Cup final? Like, are they truly as deep as St. Louis and Boston going head-to-head for seven games last spring? And Dave Tippett referenced it a lot when he was hired, that that um, that both St. Louis and Boston started their fourth lines in Game 7, right? So Barubi writes in his fourth line, and Boston comes right back with their fourth line and say, yeah, we can, we can go head-to-head. Certainly the Oilers team that was being coached by Hitchcock late last year wouldn't have had that. Okay, this year, let me ask you this. You know, if if, uh, if a team starts the fourth line in a game, is Dave Tippett comfortable writing in Kara, Chase on a Neal? Is he comfortable writing in uh, Athanasiu, Archibald, and Shane? Probably. I, I mean, you know, like, probably it could at least feel, yeah, I trust those guys. I, I So, I, I but I still think that depth is a bit of a question and probably just the depth scoring. And, and again, there is more uh, than they've had in the past. They have 10 guys who scored 10 or more goals during the regular season, including Ennis and Double A, who were at it at the deadline. But what if I, I still have that, that thing in my mind, like what if all the depth guys dry up at the same time? Like we know, we know the big three are going to be fine, and Yamamoto's probably going to be fine. Okay, Cassian's dried up. Can Chason jump in and play on the first line? You know, can Ennis, like, because they have that ability, but I'm still not totally convinced that, that a couple of the secondary guys will always be going, right? Will always be chipping in. As somebody who's been down at Rogers Place for training camp, is there anybody that's kind of stuck out to you in terms of, wow, he looks better than I expected, or a oh, hole, he come, he's ready to play? Well, yes, but I, they're both guys <laughs> I don't know necessarily we're going to see in, in the tournament. And first of all, Ryan McLeod up front. Now, he's on the, the sixth line, basically, with Benson and Marodi. And sometimes they don't even participate in the main practice. They'll do the, the Black Aces stuff either before or after. But I think that's encouraging for the future because he is really fast and he's been showing that he's more confident making plays and getting to the net. But on like on defense, it's Philip Roberg. I mean, and he's, he's playing his way up the depth chart. And again, I don't, I don't know if he's going to get in, but if they run into issues on, on defense, he's done enough that he's, and with Mike Green not coming, he's done enough where you'd have to think like, Heck, maybe. I mean, he's he's thrown a couple of hits when there have been hits. He can skate. He scored a beautiful goal on, uh, I think it was Saturday, when he came down the right side and 
went around a defenseman and held the puck and got all the way to the far side of the crease and slid it in like a really composed goal. He scored another goal uh, later in that scrimmage where he joined the rush, and I think he teamed up with James Neal for a goal. Like he's he's looked better than Bouchard. He certainly looked better than than Lagason, and he's he's more dynamic than than Caleb Jones. Jones is obviously older and more experienced, and I think is a, a pretty solid player. Uh, you know, and he and he's kind of just more more youthful and and bigger than Chris Russell. So I'm not saying he jumps exactly ahead of those guys, but he has some skill sets that other players already on the Oilers don't have. So he, it's really intriguing to see how Broberg is, is going to be handled, not just through this, but if it changes plans for him over the next year or two. Well, speaking of Broberg, actually just today before we got started, Ken Holland did say that he's going to be joining the defensive group in the bubble when the plan was originally that he was going to go back to Sweden. Obviously, Mike Green opted out, uh, which created a spot. Any surprise from you, having seen him play throughout training camp, that he's sticking with the team, regardless of whether he gets into games or not? No, none. I mean, he he totally has has earned it. Like he's played well enough that they have to keep him as an option, even if he's eight or nine on the list. Like I, I don't see how you could not keep him around the team. And I and I certainly think the other the other players have noticed it. And, and you're right; it, he may not be in like he may not be the first guy in. But if if this like to me, if if they get a couple defensemen injured. It might be him who goes in, and maybe even ahead of Bouchard. Now it depends who's hurt. You know, if if if, if whoever might be out is a more of a power play guy, well then maybe Bouchard might be more likely to to step in. But yeah, I couldn't. Like, sounds weird to say after a week and a half or almost two weeks of training camp, but it's hard to imagine that they 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 couldn't include Bro. Like he's made. Tippett said it well. You don't watch him and say, well, he doesn't quite fit in. You watch him and say, yeah, like totally. Fits in, and if I hadn't been around the Oilers for the last three years, I'd probably think, "Oh heck, that guy's, you know, probably 21 or 22, and is on the verge of becoming a regular, and maybe has already played 40 or 50 games in the NHL." That's how he looks. Would do you, you think look- maybe? Do you think maybe in previous regimes he may be included as a player who would be participating? Well, sure. If you want to reference the last few years of the <laughs> decade of darkness and talk about the whole. I mean, again, that's the whole Justin Schultz thing. Justin Schultz is a right. daring defenseman who can run your power play. The Oilers, so think- of the college, had just had to say, okay, buddy, <laughs> play the most five-on-five, you run every power play, and you kill every penalty. Go, you're free now. Justin Schultz is like, what? I, <laughs> I've never played in the NHL before. So, <laughs> so on episode 96 of Oilers Nation Radio with Reed Wilkins from Inside Sports, he's calling it right now, Philip Broberg is winning a Norris Trophy. Yeah, next year as a rookie. <laughs> rookie. Well, he'll first of all he'll win the Conn Smythe this year, of course, like Ken Dryden, and then win the Calder the next year and the uh, and the Norris. Perfect. I'm glad we got it recorded. Over the last week here, like we've seen a little bit of you know, like you said, Broberg probably gets in before Bouchard or does he? And people in tw- on Twitter were like, "How could people even be saying he's better than Bouchard already?" Blah 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 blah. For me, I choose to look at this and go. Man, look at this blue line the Oilers are, Oilers are building. Like in three years, if Bouchard and Broberg are in the NHL and Clefbaum's here and Nurse keeps developing and Bear keeps developing and Joe, like they have a they have a, so many options back there. Well, I think you nailed it, Tyler. How hopefully the the organization is improving that 
as we referenced with Schultz or, or whatever, players aren't being put in the lineup before they're ready and they aren't being asked to do things that, that they haven't learned how to do yet. You know, Bear and Caleb Jones were drafted the same year as Connor McDavid. Like, don't forget that. That was 2015. And just now in, in the 2019-2020 season, did they really become established NHLers? And I think Caleb Jones will probably still be scratched, you know, at some point throughout the playoffs. I don't think he's quite full-time. So finally, I mean, that, that's how organizations succeed long-term, right? Is, is you have internal depth. You don't chase free agents. You don't make risky trades to try to build your roster. And, you know, I've, I've talked about this with, uh, with a couple people at, at work and, and, uh, you know, one of my buddies has always said, like, you should, you should be able to just call somebody up from the minors to be a number six defenseman for two weeks, right? He's like a really good AHL player and you can just call him up comfortably and say, okay, buddy, like, you got to play 14 minutes a night. We don't care if sometimes you ice the puck as long as, long as you clear it, you know, we're not expecting you to get forced this game and the Oilers have never even really had that it's like they're calling up oh man this guy would be like a number 11 defenseman in most organizations and the Oilers need him to call up and and play in the second pairing that, that that's that's a good point Tyler it's, it's a transformation of the defense and you and like it's, Chris Russell's not going to be around forever uh you know we'll see what happens with Adam Larson obviously and but you don't look at it and say oh when players are, are like that are gone who do we have? You look at it and say, okay, at some point that player might retire or leave as a free agent. There's somebody who's going to be seasoned who can fill the hole. Speaking of seasoning, Reed, I would like to use this opportunity <laughs> to shout out our friends at skipthedishes.ca because all of their food is coming properly seasoned right to your door. Get yourself something to eat. Skipthedishes.ca. Thousands of restaurants available around the city, all different types of cuisine, whatever you are feeling at that particular moment, or do like Rick does order several meals from different places and get courses showing up at your house throughout the day. And as Tyler always says, <laughs> absolutely. As Tyler always says, be sure to skip or uh, skip, tip your drivers. <laughs> they, your are driver. putting, they are putting themselves at risk to make sure that you're fed. Skip the dishes.ca wants to make sure that you are eating well, regardless of the time. Go get yourself something to eat. You're a growing boy. Yep. Read the growing boy. And I know he wants something delicious. As well. I really am. Of course. Um, Reed, before you jumped on with us, we were talking a little bit about Leon Dreisaitl being named a Hart Trophy finalist. He's already got the Art Ross in his pocket, got nominated to Ted Lindsay. We were kind of split a little bit in the group um, thinking whether he'll sweep the awards or not. Personally, I think McKinnon will get the Hart, whereas uh, Leon will get the Ted Lindsay. What do you think about Dreisaitl's, just his season in general and being nominated for the MVP award by both the players and the media? Well, I think he should win both. And now I, I saw every second Drysdale played this season. I didn't see every second that McKinnon and Panarin played. They, they certainly are are awesome players. It's it's funny how important plus minus is all of a sudden. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hadn't, <laughs> hadn't we all decided that it was a, a relevant but not, uh, like, High end all to be all stat, you know. And now, what, what did you wind up minus seven? And now, say, well, nobody with a minus has ever won it. Well, <laughs> okay, that's fair enough, I guess. But I, I, I just think like he he won the scoring race by quite a bit, and the second place guy was a teammate. So the, by the players who weren't his team, and the like, goals and points still matter. That's that's what frustrates me a little bit sometimes. Like it's. It's there's uh, like all the advanced stats and stuff are very interesting and they're important and I think they're 
there are interesting ways to evaluate players and, and maybe separate players that you might think are similar, but you, but maybe, oh, would look what this guy actually does. But it's still all about it's still all about scoring goals and helping other players score goals. And nobody in the NHL did that better this year than Leon Dreisaitl. And, oh, by the way, power play goals also count. <laughs> well, the Hart Trophy is not the Hart Trophy is not who's the best five-on-five five player in the National Hockey League. Like, it's, it's who is the best hockey player. And the power play is part of that. And stepping up when your captain and, and best player is hurt is part of that. And, you know, taking a team that probably has kind of a middling roster outside you and a couple other guys into the playoffs is part of that. So I, I don't see how, like, I mean, the Rangers aren't that great. So Panarin obviously didn't do as much to lift up his team as Dreisaitl did to, to lift up his team. I, I mean, I think McKinnon would win it if it's if it's not Dreisaitl, and, and he's obviously a great player. But, I mean, you, you watch Dreisaitl play, and if, and if, and if people want to say, well, his, you know, five on five and pick away at little things, well, okay, let's look at the little things he did. He often took important faceoffs in his own end late in the game. Did he kill a ton of penalties? No, but he three on five, if the Oilers were two-man short, he went out there. So the coach is looking down the bench and thinking like, okay, we're in the worst possible situation we can be in a hockey game. Down two men, like legally. I'm Who am I going to put out? Leon Dreisaitl. And usually he was quite successful in those situations. So I, I hear you, if there's one he doesn't get, it's probably the heart. But I, I, I just think he had a complete heart trophy type season. And he can do it all, right? It's not like he was – I mean, look at his scoring. He was probably going to score 50 again. He's primarily an assist guy. Well, no, he's got the best shot on the team. He's got the best one-timer on the team. He's got the best backhand. You know, not yeah. just on the Oilers, and all the things I just said in the NHL. So, what, like, okay, so he's he's minus seven. All right, so he was on the ice for a bunch of empty net goals when the Oilers had a bad month. Doesn't doesn't detract from what he accomplished. You know, I got I got to be honest with you, Reed. I was expecting kind of like, uh, well, you never know. We'll yeah. see what happens. There was pat. I was passionate. There was passion like for doing drafting. None of us. None of well, us. Well, here's the here's, here's the thing, guys. The Oilers have been rightfully shit on. By, by media and fans around the NHL for a long time. I mean, preach. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, as someone who doesn't live in Cleveland or work in Cleveland, what can I tell you about the Browns? <laughs> well, like they were awful for fourteen years. Like, I I don't Please. care why. So I get it. If you're a hockey fan in in Boston, you don't necessarily need to know the ins and outs of who was coaching the Oilers and who was managing them. You just know that they were shitty. But there's a point where you have to say, okay. Just because he's an oiler doesn't mean I have to make everything about him and the team shitty. Like, it's okay to say. So, I, I do think that figures into it where people can just be like, ah, well, it's only the Oilers. Oh, well, they got all those top picks. So, yeah, that just makes other players seem better than they are. I, I mean, he's he's legitimately a great hockey player. Yep. No question. I, I mean, I've got nothing yeah. to say to that. What did you say? Passion. Yeah. I just, uh, to, to shift gears now, of course, I come in and completely derail the thing, but um, I something that's always kind of stuck with me, uh, I, I love Jay Onright's books that he wrote, uh, and Reed, you were featured prominently in his second book, uh, an entire chapter dedicated to a road trip that you and Jay took. 
I encourage readers to go ahead and pick up the book at their local library or there or read has it up on the screen. I'm holding it up two. now. But, um, <laughs> nobody which doesn't speak. play well through the audio, <laughs> but hey, you know, we'll try. More um, stories about pooping. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, but Jay Jay heaps a ton of praise on you in that book. And and I think that everybody in this in this chat as well will say the same kind of things. But but Jay, to paraphrase, you know, he said you're the most sport knowledgeable sports guy there is. You said that any job he said that any job that you didn't get had nothing to do with your skills or your knowledge. Um, he goes a little bit backhanded with it, and I I completely disagree with that. You are yeah, like apple juice is actually a good drink. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but but what's it like to hear that from a from a fellow broadcaster, somebody who's you know who's been around and and seen the America side of sports broadcasting and all that good stuff, and still believes that you're the most knowledgeable guy out there. Well. I mean, he's being a good friend by saying that because, uh, you know, I'm not the most knowledgeable person out there. But yeah, I mean, it was it was it, first of all, it was uh, it was interesting to read that chapter because I once when I visited him when he was in California working for Fox, one night he said I'm doing a, a chapter on the road trip, and I was like, yeah, that's fine. And uh, and uh, so one night we sat on his balcony for about an hour with, with a beer each and just kind of. He just said, okay, just tell me everything you remember. And he, he made notes, you know, so he could incorporate them into what he remembered. I, I, re, I reread the chapter today, and some things I think are not exactly as I remember them, or maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit uh, exaggerated. And, I, and I, I forgot how much the apple juice stuff really bothered him, but uh, that's interesting to read. But it was, uh, Jay, Jay's been, I mean, he's, a, he's one of my best friends, but he's been important in my career because I was his practicum student. So I, I did learn a lot from him that summer in Saskatoon, and he's always been, uh, you know, just a good ear for career stuff. And, uh, and you know, I've talked about it with you guys before too, in other interviews I've done. My my uh, my career really didn't look like it was going anywhere. And again, I, I kind of hate saying that because Lloyd Minster is a great place to live. It was it was a, it was a good station, and all that kind of stuff. Heck of a border town. But it's probably the best border city I've ever lived. In. <laughs> But uh, by the way, Flinflon is a phony border city. They can take their, <laughs> they can take their yeah. festival and shove it. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was it was it was it was nice. Some of the stuff he, that that he said. It was a little uh, when I, the first time I read the book, it was a little. Uh, I felt a little raw for me reading that chapter because it brought back a lot of. Uh, uh, I guess some disappointment and, and that was such a crazy time. I, I don't think he put it in the book, but also that same day. Um, and that, and that, no, that's one part that's not exaggerated. He was shitting and I went down to check my email in the hotel, you know, the kiosk because I didn't have a, a, a smartphone to check your email on. And I, I got this email saying I didn't get this job that I'd pretty much been told I was going to get. And I just emailed my, uh, my boss in Lloyd Minster and said, I'm, I had two weeks left on my vacation. And I said, sorry, I'm not coming back. And I felt shitty because he was the only news director I ever had there. So that, that part's totally true. But also that day, uh, my uncle passed away. So, uh, he'd been battling cancer for a while. And I called my mom to kind of tell everything that happened. And she's like, well, I'm just going to call you like your, your uncle died. And she was oh. with him in the hotel and all this stuff. And, you know, and then, you know, Jay's sick and he's thinking he's going to have to miss the game. So it was, 
it was an absolutely, uh, it, it was, an, I don't even know if I'm answering your original question, but no, anyway, no, glad, no, you're I'm doing glad, great. I'm glad Jay wrote nice things. About <laughs> me. You know, as, a, as a, as a, as a friend, I would expect that. And I, I think he definitely, uh, pumped my tires a little bit, which, which was nice. Well, this is all just to lead us into the second thing that I'm, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but in the book, it mentioned that you do a pretty spot on Chris Cuthbert, uh, representation. And I know you don't need you don't need to go to the psychopath level, but I was wondering if if well, I could put you on the spot and maybe you could give us a little CC leading us into the bubble and give us that play by play. I haven't done it for a while, and he was just on my show two days ago, so I kind of hope he never hears this. But it's 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 pretty simple. It's just a high voice. Here's Koivu working it over center. <laughs> to kill you, big shot, and that one just went over the net. <laughs> there you go. And I don't That's think amazing. Koivu and Chelios were ever teammates, but anyway. No, it works. That's amazing. Thanks, Reed. Uh, Reed, back to the Oilers for a second here. You, you've been down at the rink for training camp. Last week, obviously, there was a little bit of a whoopsie do down at Rogers Place. Um, curious if if you saw any of the flood damage or what's going on down there. Like, if you could give us kind of an inside look at what happened down at the old barn that's not so old. Well, I I, I haven't gone to look at it. Um, I I have not gone to look at it. I've just seen uh, the pictures. I mean, I could go look at it, but where I've been going to watch practice at the downtown community rink, you you'd have to like go kind of the long way around. So I haven't gone to look at it. Uh, you know, everything I heard that night and the day after and since is that it's fixable. It didn't, it obviously didn't look great, but I kind of knew, and it was, it was happening during inside sports, but I kind of never thought that this is going to affect the games unless we later found out, you know, five dressing rooms were flooded. But I thought just because of where they're located, it'd be unlikely that there was ever any water damage in there. So I know I saw the initial like, well, there it goes. No hub city. We're out. <laughs> yeah. I, I never for I never for a second thought that. If no, if there would have been a game, you know, the next day that fans could attend, I, mm-hmm. I might have been concerned. I mean, that could have been the type of situation where if enough fans couldn't get into a building, they might have had to postpone it or something like that. But we're not even in that type of an environment. No, it was it was unfortunate to see, but I don't think it's a reflection on oh, the building built poorly or like it was an insane rainstorm, right? And unfortunately, the hockey rink had had water damage like a lot of other buildings did that night but no i never i never thought it was going to spell the end of the postseason being here i just yesterday they i i know there was a lot of talk and hubbub about the uh the walkway that they've created have you seen that yet no because i because i i think that might even go into that same entrance where there was some flooding See, you so. guys gotta understand though i'm going as little place no yeah. just because yeah. of everything and uh, and i'm not even sure where you'd be uh, allowed. And I know there are mm-hmm. going to be media going to the games that won't be part of the bubble, right? Like speaking at Cuthbert yeah. and, uh, you know, I talked to Sarah McClellan on my show this week, who's in for many and she can go to the rink, but she stays up in the press box and then goes to her hotel to do zoom interviews after a game. So I know I haven't even, uh, I haven't even seen that, but you know, obviously it'll, I'm sure it'll be pretty restricted as to who can enter it. Just on interesting person. Insight, though. On a personal level, Reed, what was it like for you? I mean, months away, just going back in there under the current circumstances. Well, it was a little strange to be going into the rink when it was like plus 25 on a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. so it was really nice because you know, I parked kind of across from the Ling Nan and walk in the LRT entrance. And it was just weird, like, oh, like everything's green. And <laughs> you know, it's like 
It's really sunny. <laughs> there's no snow on the ground. There's no puddles. So that felt a, a little surreal. And then you have to wear a mask and you still do the metal detector thing, which we have to do anyway. And then you have to check off a form saying you're not sick, you're not coughing, all that kind of stuff. And then they do the temperature, shining it on your forehead to make sure it's not too high. So that's kind of the, the first couple of days. It's like, oh yeah, this is part of the part of the drill now. But then once sitting watching practice, like I kind of did take a moment to think, well, okay, like this is this is the job. I mean, I'm watching Zach Cassian skate around and and drills and and looking for little things possibly to talk about or report on. So you kind of just get back into the groove once you're in that environment. It's almost like a muscle memory type thing, though I know mm-hmm. it's not you know not a sport, but you just kind of like, okay, this is what I'm what I'm doing what I'm doing now. Um, everything I, and I couldn't go the first day they were in Rogers place. And unfortunately I couldn't go cause I had to add some things already lined up that I couldn't get out of. So I've only been in the downtown community rink part. And then I usually leave practice a little early and I come home cause I live relatively close to Rogers place. And I just come home and do the zoom calls from here. So the routine is different, but I, my mindset through all of this has been sort of like, why complain? Like I, my company yep, yeah. set me up, my company set me up at home. I mean, it's nice sometimes to go up to a player and get some extra info or do a one-on-one, but we can get the tape we need. And I'm pretty lucky that I, I live close to the rink. So it's, it feels different, but I, I feel like it's just a, some adjustments to the routine just to get used to. One, uh, one concern I've seen pop up on Twitter a little bit, uh, just because like you said, it is summer in Edmonton. Um, I know, it's different for practice and it's not the same intensity as a game, but have you noticed anything with the ice being weird or does everything look normal talk hopping around or anything like that? I haven't noticed anything like that. Um, no players have said anything like that. I'm not sure if anybody's been asked specifically, but I think the ice is going to be fine and uh, you know, it'll be hot here in August sometimes, but it's not going to be that mugginess like in Dallas, right. That messes up the ice. Um, I, I probably on the days there are triple headers, maybe that would be a little more concerning about the ice, but I haven't, I haven't noticed anything unusual or players falling or anything like that. Hey, Reed, is the qualifying round, is the overtime like all playoffs or is the overtime shootouts? No, the overtime Ooh. is playoff overtime, not the round robin games. Yeah. Not the round, the round robin, robin, but the other yeah, games, not right? Calgary. Yeah. But yeah, no, the other games are playoff overtime. Okay. So if the noon game, the noon or twelve thirty game in Edmonton goes to four overtimes. Then they would announce. Then they would announce a start time for the round robin game, which is always the middle game if there's a triple header. Okay. And then they would have to say the eight thirty game is now going to start at midnight. Like it'd be, it'd be like the U.S. Open tennis, right? Where yeah. sometimes it's like, oh, the two best players in the world are starting at like eleven thirty Eastern time. That's but 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 on the games that are double headers, they'll have a little more leeway. But yeah, the triple header days, there's the potential. The eight thirty game could start. Who knows? Tomorrow. Late. Yeah. You, you would think they would almost just be like, okay, like, screw it. We're pushing the round robbing game to tomorrow or something like that. But it's interesting to know that they would just kind of keep shoving things back like that. Anyway, just a question to add. Yeah, that's no, a good question. And I, I, don't know if, I don't know if they, because <laughs> the round robin guys are spaced out a little more. So I don't know if they would do yeah. that where they'd say, okay, we're now going to postpone this game to tomorrow. I don't know if the, the teams and the players would like that, though. It's going to be interesting yeah. to watch. I think it's going to be. Um, 
there's going to be a lot of weirdness and a lot of excitement combined together with just the circumstance. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a, a very interesting and unique experience no matter what happens. And um, it's going to be fun, I think. I've I really appreciated the insight that you've given us, Reed. Like, I, I didn't know that about the media and stuff. What's that? I didn't know that about the media and stuff. I appreciate you giving us that kind of insight. That's neat. Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. I get to get to sit by Bob Stoffer. Oh, that is very <laughs> oh, exciting. Wow. So we always wrap up our podcast every week, Reed, by with the Oodle Noodle Hot Cold Performers. Basically what it is is we look at the last seven days in our lives, talk about the good things and maybe the not so good things. Or so in if you sports. Go into any, you can have a sports answer. Or in sports, whatever you want. Normal, well, originally this was all had to do with the Oilers, <laughs> but then a, a little pandemic kind of interrupted things and we had to switch gears a little bit. Uh, if you head into any of Oodle Noodle's 13 locations for dine-in or takeout orders, they are donating 10% of those orders to local charities and initiatives. Uh, so go out and support them. Uh, they have a 14th location opening up later this month in the Hamptons in the Deep West. So that'll be 14 locations in and around the city. Go get yourself something to eat and know that you're doing uh, your part to support a great cause as well. As we always do, Reed, we start with the veggies, if you will. So we look at our cold performers of the week just to give you a taste of how this goes. My friend Nation Dan is going to start us off with his Oodle Noodle cold performer of the week. Well, it's uh, I, I feel like it's everybody's it's been everybody's cold performer at some point during this pandemic, but it's this weather we're dealing with. How about a thunderstorm every day? Can we get a break here? Edmonton's monsoon season is my cold performer of the week. Oh, that's cold. <laughs> Rick, you're we even have uh, buttons. That's right. We're very. This is a very professional podcast. Right? Very. Uh, uh, Rick, your oodle noodle cold performer of the week. I uh, you know this is gonna be a little more a little more uh, broad spectrum but it's it's the comment sections of everything i don't care what the situation <laughs> is you can have different opinions no problem sit down have a different opinion have a conversation no problem but get over the 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 bullshit the name calling and the this that and, the other, and just escalating things to a different situation to something that just makes social media so ugly that it does not it's meant there to be for fun and you guys and it's just ruining everything okay snowflake worse <laughs> that was perfect. Uh, Mr. Uramchak, your Oodle Noodle Cold Performer of the Week. Governments. Um, I'm taking this the way. This is usually my chance to talk about other sports on this podcast. No one's letting the Blue Jays have a home ballpark. You caught that, eh? Government, <laughs> of, government of Canada Pittsburgh says they can't play in Canada, so they want to go to Pittsburgh. And now Pittsburgh is saying that they can't go to Pittsburgh. I don't know what's going to happen with my beloved Blue Buffalo. Jays. Um, yeah, they might need to be a triple A team for a year there, but, uh, it's too bad. <laughs> Governments now. figure it out. What? It is the Toronto Blue Jays of Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, that's the rule. Uh, now to our esteemed guest, Mr. Reed Wilkins, your little noodle cold performer of the week. Well, I think, uh, Dan makes a good point with the weather. I will say my cold performer of the week is the guy who texted inside sports last night. who said, not only will he never support the Edmonton CFL team anymore. He actually hopes the team folds as a result of them picking a new name. He would be my, this unnamed texter would be my cold performer of the week. <laughs> what a what a so, pro read is. So dramatic. So dramatic. Just to wrap things up, my cold performer of the week. Again, I missed last week's podcast, the interview with Gene Principe, because the construction at my house is on is relentless. I've got siding going up. I've got Telus doing fiber optic, and now they're paving the road that leads into my house. It is a disaster near me. The construction is going crazy. 
Construction is my cold performer of the week. Flipping the ledger to the positives in our life. I'm going to go ahead and kick off the Oodle Noodle Hot Performer of the Week so that I'm looking at Tyler. He's the only one that's likely to steal this from me. DJ Khaled and Drake, Popstar. That track is a smash. That is my Hot Performer of the Week. Yes, sir. Cash money. Absolutely. Nation Dan, your Oodle Noodle Hot Performer of the Week. Uh, I'm going to steal from Tyler's book here and go to another sport. Uh, It's the Kansas City Royals for doing what all of baseball fans wanted them to do and plunking three Houston Astros yesterday. Um, The only asterisk that I would put on that is that uh, the pitcher kept pretending that the ball was slipping out of his hand, but definitely expected. And Jose Altuve falling flat on his face. Put some respect (laughs) on my name. Rick, your Oodle Noodle Hot Performer of the Week. Hockey. Hockey's back, man. We're, <laughs> what, five, four, six? Oh, I don't know. We're a couple days away. It's back. They've, you know, they've, they've gotten through pretty much everything. They've gotten, you know, we have one more step of getting into the, uh, into the bubble here and not having anything go sideways on us. But I think we're close enough to the point where uh, I'm going to just shout out that, you know, hockey's back and I couldn't be more excited. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <sighs> Tyler, your yeah. hot performer of the week. I was going to give some love to the fact that I can bet on a plethora of sports once again. I had money on that Jays-Red Sox exhibition game yesterday. Whew, I was excited. But no, my hot performer this week is going to be Jack Michaels, oh. who joined the Real Life Podcast on Monday, and he stuck with us through some just horrendous technical difficulties. I did not know what was going on. Low point for me as a producer, high point for the podcast, because uh, the oh. conversation with Jack was a ton of fun. I like this right here. Saving the best for last, we are going to Reed Wilkins for the Hot Performer of the Week. Well, Jack Michaels is awesome, but my Hot Performer of the Week and perhaps of the pandemic, I'm going to give to uh, Sherbrooke Liquor Store for uh, keeping people, uh, you know, stocked up. Uh, I went in there today for the first time in months to uh, to bring some stuff home, but I have enjoyed their delivery service on a couple of occasions which was very efficient and uh, very easy to order online. So I'm going to give a shout-out to Sherbrooke Liquor, best beer fridge in the city. This you can get Nation beer there. Yeah, I get Nation and beer. I did order Nation beer from there last time I got an order. There we go. Very good. There you go. Wonderful. Uh, Reed, I want to thank you very much for joining yeah. us this week. Inside Sports Weekdays on Ched from 6 to 8 p.m. One of the only sports shows in the city that will have me on. <laughs> yeah. That's One of or the only. Actually, you know what? The only I just saw you, Gregor won't even have me on a show, but Reed will. So I'm very, very grateful that you're here. <laughs> you're a very good guest. Thank you. I'm very, uh, very, very thrilled that you were here with us today, Reed. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being here. And thank you to Sherwood Ford, SkipTheDigit.ca, and Oodle Noodle for making all of this possible. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. We are currently the 199th ranked sports podcast on Apple. We want to move up to 198. And you subscribing can help. And guests like Reed will also help. Thank you very much for listening. That's Oilers Nation Radio. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.